Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts. There's another host that is joining me today, Daniel Sun. Greetings. Now, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes. In total, we have over 151 extra Patreon episodes, which is a lot of extra hours for your listening pleasure. Now, to see this full list of Patreon episodes, you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can click on the Patreon Episodes tab, and there you will see an entire list of past Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have previously published. Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode which is over gang stalking, where we discuss how individuals all over the world are claiming that they are being stalked by unknown government officials and or police officers that are supposedly using high-tech weapons to send voices into their minds, burn their skin, and even control their thoughts. As crazy as this might sound, we discuss how these claims might be legitimate due to declassified FBI manuals that instruct agents on how to gang stalk individuals. So you get access to that episode as well as all of the others for just $5. Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or on Spotify, and that will help us out a lot. However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. And that is the end of the announcements. Well, actually, I have one more. If Dan sounds a little bit under the weather, it is because he is. He has contracted some mysterious illness. We're not sure what it is, but he's got a slight cough, a little tingly of the throat. A <laughs> little tingly. A little runny nose. So please, we want to ask for your forgiveness if uh, he sounds a little stuffy today, okay? I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So today's episode is Havana Syndrome. And by the way, I looked up the pronunciation of this, okay? In the United States, they pronounce it Havana. In the UK, Havana. All right? So we're going to go with Havana. So don't, don't yell at us. Even though it's in Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So how this episode will go today is that we're going to talk a little bit about the relationship that Cuba had with the United States. And I know that sounds boring, but trust me, it plays a role in today's topic, okay? And then we'll talk about what happened in 2016 in Cuba. And then we'll go into strange facts and findings, theories, and of course, wrap it up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. In 2016... A United States Embassy staff member, located in Havana, Cuba, awoke to a loud, piercing sound. 
This individual began to experience acute nausea, vertigo, confusion, and other various symptoms. Over the next few days, their health began to decline dramatically, and a doctor was called in. It was discovered that this person had somehow developed a traumatic brain injury. Within years, similar symptoms of this mysterious illness have been reported by hundreds of United States diplomats and defense officials, not only located in Cuba, but around the world. Could this be a government agency testing a secret sonic weapon, nerve agents, or even microwave death rays? Or is it all just mass hysteria that is overblown to cover up something more nefarious happening behind the scenes? This is Havana Syndrome. All right, so for us to understand this entire topic, we first need to discuss the United States and its relationship with Cuba over the past 60 years or so. So Dan, can you start that history lesson off for us? Absolutely. So back in the 1950s, Cuba's president was an individual named Fulgencio Batista. Now, the United States government loved this Batista guy being the leader of Cuba, mainly because of his anti-communist stance on things, and he pretty much did whatever the United States said. Fast forward to seven years later, after Batista was elected president, there were a lot of people that didn't really like his ass, specifically a group of guerrilla fighters that were led by Fidel Castro, Justin Trudeau's dad. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't resist it, sorry. Now, a lot of stuff happened with some elections, and we aren't going to bore you with the details, but basically, Cuba held elections, and the person that the United States didn't want to win ended up winning. So the United States was pretty butthurt about it, and Batista ended up fleeing Cuba. He said, peace, I'm out. With Batista leaving Cuba, news started to spread of the government falling. At this point, Castro and his army rolled into Havana with their windows down and flags waving. On February 16, 1959, Fidel Castro was sworn in as Prime Minister of Cuba. Of course, the United States didn't like this. They didn't want a communist that they couldn't control, so they refused to meet with Castro. In 1960, Fidel Castro ended up getting a bit butthurt about the United States not wanting to be friends. So what did he do? Well, he ended up nationalizing all foreign assets in Cuba. Not only that, but he hiked taxes on United States imports, and to top it all off, he established trade deals with the Soviet Union. This enraged the United States government, and President Dwight D. Eisenhower retaliated by slashing the import quota for Cuban sugar. He also froze all Cuban assets in the United States, imposed a near-full trade embargo, cutting off diplomatic ties with Cuba. Now, a little knowledge nugget here, but during this time, Eisenhower was coming up with a plan to pretty much overthrow Fidel Castro. However, he never really got the chance to implement this plan. One year later, in 1961, that would all change. President John F. Kennedy ends up looking over these plans and approves them. The United States ends up deploying a brigade of 1,400 CIA-sponsored Cuban exiles to overthrow Fidel Castro. However, the Cuban military ends up defeating the force within three days. One year later, in 1962, 
the Kennedy administration decided to impose an embargo on Cuba that prohibits all trade. Now, Cuba's economy at the time greatly depended on trade with the United States. And due to this embargo, Cuba ends up losing approximately $130 billion over the next 60 years. That's a lot of money. Heck yeah, it is. Now, only a short time after that, in October of 1962, United States spy satellites discovered that Cuba has allowed the Soviet Union to build nuclear missile bases on the island. In response, President Kennedy demands the Soviet weapons be removed and orders a naval quarantine of Cuba, igniting a 13-day standoff. Now, as this crisis nears its third week, Kennedy secretly agrees to withdraw United States' nuclear missiles from Turkey within a few months. Now, this is all depending on if the Soviet Union is able to withdraw its missiles from Cuba, in which the Soviet Union agreed to. Kennedy also pledges not to invade Cuba. The Soviet Union accepts the deal and announces that they will have the missiles removed. The following July, President Kennedy prohibits any United States nationals from traveling to Cuba. For the next 15 years, Cuba and the United States pretty much just glare at one another, not really talking out their issues. Then in 1977, President Jimmy Carter ends up reaching an agreement with Fidel Castro to resume a limited diplomatic exchange, allowing officials from the two countries to communicate regularly. Then, for the next 35 years, nothing really changes. However, in February of 2012, Senator Patrick Leahy, who had long wanted diplomatic relations with Cuba to be restored, ended up meeting with Raul Castro in Havana. Senator Patrick Leahy told Raul Castro, and we quote, Wouldn't it be nice if our grandchildren could grow up in a world where our countries no longer treat each other as enemies, and our grandchildren could travel and study and learn to get along together? Raul Castro replied with, Tell Obama that we shouldn't leave this situation to our children, that we have to solve this before I go. A few months later, in November of 2012, National Security Advisor Benjamin Rhodes was elected to lead secret negotiations with the Cubans. On July 20th of 2015, the United States and Cuba formally re-established diplomatic relations and the United States Embassy was formally reopened. All right, so there you have it right there. A short, summed-up version of the United States and Cuba's beef over the past 60 years and, of course, the reopening of the embassy in 2015. So now that you understand that, let's get into what started happening a year later, which is what our main topic is about today. Now, when the United States reopened their embassy in Cuba in mid-2015, they sent multiple individuals there to work on diplomatic relations. Some of those individuals were CIA officers undercover, and of course, no one knew that except the CIA. Which is kind of slimy, but... That is kind of slimy, but they're probably doing that all the time. Yeah. So between December 30th, 2016 and February 9th, 2017, at least three of those undercover CIA officers at the embassy in Cuba reported odd occurrences followed by weird sensations. They all stated that they began to hear loud sounds similar to cicadas, which seemed to follow them from one room to another. But when they opened an outside door, the sounds abruptly stopped. 
which that had to have been very odd. You ever heard of Cicada before? Yes, I have. Okay, for those of you who haven't, we're going to give you a two-second clip of what it sounds like. So yeah, there you go. That's what they sound like. Uh, it's not too pleasant. Just think when like a huge swarm of them are like flying through, how loud that is. Did you ever pick the shells of the cicadas off the trees and make stuff out of them? No. Yeah, neither did I. Anyway, let's continue on. So then the three individuals, the CIA agents, said their heads were being bombarded by waves of pressure. They also stated that it felt as if they were standing in an invisible beam of energy. Then shortly after that, the individuals started to suffer from headaches, dizziness, and a perplexing range of other symptoms. Of course, when the CIA's headquarters heard about this, they ended up sending reinforcements. And at least two of those individuals that were the reinforcements were afflicted as well. Now, the individuals who experienced this ended up going to a specialist who studied their brains. And this specialist determined that the injuries that these CIA agents had resembled that of concussions, but not normal ones. Concussions that were similar like those suffered by soldiers struck by roadside bombs in Iraq and Afghanistan. However, there were no signs of impact. Another specialist was called in and stated, and we quote, It is like a concussion without a concussion. None of us have ever encountered anything like this before. This, of course, alarmed the CIA and the United States government, and they began calling it the Havana Syndrome. Shortly after, not only were CIA agents affected, but other United States citizens working at the embassy in Cuba were as well. These individuals stated similar occurrences as the CIA agents. The cicadas, the sounds, some of them stated it sounded like cicadas, others stated it sounded like crickets, but all of them experienced weird things. Why don't you tell us about it, Dan? It started off with the strange noises coming from a specific direction. Some of the individuals experienced pressure, vibration, or a sensation comparable to driving a car with the window partly rolled down. These noises lasted from 20 seconds to around 30 minutes. Eventually, the diplomats were not only being affected at the embassy, but they also started being affected by this mysterious illness at their own home or in hotel rooms. Not back in the United States, but in Cuba, because they didn't sleep in the embassy. They had their own like little hotel rooms or, you know, little rental houses or whatever. But what made things even weirder is that other people nearby, including, you know, family members or guests in neighboring rooms, they did not experience the same symptoms as these individuals were experiencing. You know, I always thought that they actually stayed at the embassy. They probably have, like, guest rooms and stuff there, probably. But. Yeah, you look at Julian Assange, how long did he stay there? And then Pamela Anderson came there and visited him. It's a true story. Really? Really? Yes, really. You can look that up. Go Pam Pam. <laughs> now, within years, similar symptoms of this mysterious illness had been reported by hundreds of individuals. And due to this, in 2017, the United States ended up withdrawing most of its personnel from the embassy in Havana. In 2021... United States Congress ended up passing a bill called Helping American Victims Affected by Neurological Attacks, Havana. Now, the bill would authorize additional medical and financial support 
for intelligence officers and diplomats affected by these attacks. Also, the Senate Intelligence Committee stated that it planned on investigating the matter. However, to this day in 2023, the United States government still does not know who or what is behind the incidents. And China, Russia, and Cuba, they all deny any involvement whatsoever. And that right there is what the Havana Syndrome is. Now, there are some theories out there that this is being caused by, you know, sonic weapon attacks, nerve agents, microwave death rays, stuff like that. However, before we get into those theories, let's first talk about some strange facts and findings that we have uncovered while researching this topic. So, Dan, do you want to start that off and tell us about our first strange fact and finding? Of course. Our first strange fact and finding has to do with China. Now, I know how we talked about how this Havana syndrome was happening to diplomats and United States officials located there in Cuba. However, what we didn't talk about is how this was occurring not only in Cuba, but in different countries around the world. In 2017, 31-year-old Catherine Warner was living in China, working with the Commerce Department's Commercial Service, trying to help the United States and China with trade issues. Suddenly, one night, Catherine was jolted awake in her apartment, which was located in China. There was a loud, pulsing, humming sound inside of her room, and she was like, what the hell's going on? The following months, Catherine suffered from headaches, nausea, and a loss of balance. Eventually, Catherine's mother flew out to help her daughter, and while there, she also fell ill. Even Catherine's dogs were sick. Shortly after, Catherine was medevaced back to the United States and underwent a series of tests and was diagnosed with an organic brain injury. Now, the United States government heard about this and was like, hey, what the hell's up with this, China? What the hell are you doing? And of course, China denied any role in what the United States termed as a health attack. And to this day, no cause or culprit has been identified. It kind of makes me laugh just because of what the mother did. So her daughter was there working at the embassy. Her mother flew in. She started to feel ill. And then she was just like, screw it. I'm out of here. Left her daughter there. <laughs> yes, she did. She did. We left that part out. But yes, she did. That really did happen. She's like, I'm starting to feel sick. Look, I got to leave. Straight up left her there. I'm like, damn. Yeah, her daughter's there complaining to her like, this is making me feel sick. The dogs are sick. And her mother's just like, I got to go. Peace. Yep. Anyway, so that right there is our first strange fact and finding. Let's get into our next one. All right. Our next strange fact and finding that we're going to talk about is previous microwaves attacks on United States embassy staff. So in the middle of the Cold War, from 1953 to 1976, beams of microwaves were aimed at the United States embassy building in Moscow. I had no clue this happened, by the way. I did not know either. So initially, it was found that an apartment building in Moscow that was located 100 yards west of the United States Embassy was directing a single microwave beam to the 10th floor of the United States Embassy. Then, in 1975, it was discovered that there were two more beams, one directed from about 100 yards east and another 100 yards south. Now, the United States ended up installing a shield and, at least officially, no adverse health effects were documented or stated to have occurred. So they had to install a shield. 
you think something like that would be installed previously, but then again, I mean, you're over there, you're in an embassy, it's kind of like peaceful, you know, you're trying to create relations with that country, and you don't think that the country would be doing something like that. Right. I don't know, man. Now, we have a document that we will provide on our website for anyone that wants to take a look at. It's from 1966. And it talks about for more than five years, the American embassy in Moscow has been radiated with low level electromagnetic signals, which they have called the Moscow signal on a more or less daily basis for several hours a day. These signals in the S and L band spectrum have been in part recorded and are of complex modulation with a pattern of variation, some of which seems to be random. The White House has directed through USIB that intensive investigation research be conducted within the State Department, CIA, and DOD to attempt to determine what the threat is. The national program has been coordinated by the State Department under codenamed TUMS. This memorandum summarizes the initial test results obtained from this program called Pandora. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, like I've never heard of this at all. Me either. Damn. All right, well, let's continue on with the strangeness. All right, our next strange fact and finding is about microwave weapons. Now, after we found the last strange fact and finding, we wanted to see if these microwave weapons really did exist or was this all being made up? Yeah, because, I mean, as we were reading this, I'm thinking, these weapons don't really exist, do they? I mean, I just go heat my food up in the microwave. But then I started to research into microwave weapons and how they worked and all that, and I was like, whoa, I didn't even know this existed. So what we found out is that in the 1960s, the United States and the Soviet Union started developing what they described as directed energy microwave devices. Now, these devices were enabled by the development of pulsed power in the 1960s. And if you don't know what pulsed power is, well, guess what? Dan here is going to explain it to you because he researched all about it. All right, so pulsed power generates short electrical pulses that have very high electrical power, meaning both large electrical currents and high voltage up to a few megavolts. Now, that is a lot of voltage, okay? For example, that's more voltage than the highest voltage long-distance power transmission lines and about the amount of current in a lightning bolt. So plasma physicists came along and were like, Well, damn. Look at this. We can generate a one megavolt electron beam with a 10 kiloamp current, and the result would be a beam power of 10 billion watts or gigawatts. Good God. So the development of this technology led to a subset of the United States and Soviet Union arms race, sort of like a microwave power derby of sorts, you know. Now, when the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, American scientists gained access to Russian pulsed power accelerators which helped in their studies. And even to this day, the United States government is still continuing its research into high-power microwaves. However, it is nothing compared to what China is doing. So the amount of money that is invested into high-powered microwaves in China dwarfs that of the United States. And guess what? Dozens of other countries have taken notice, and they now have active high-power microwave research programs. I'm not going to lie. Every time I hear microwave, I keep thinking of microwave in the kitchen. I do, too. You think they would call it something else. 
I just see someone running around with long extension cable plugged into a microwave with the door open, just hitting start on it. <laughs> Press the start, open the door. It's like, I got you now. Are you feeling hot? Oh, man. Anyway, as of today, in the United States, Boeing has what they call the Boeing Counter Electronics High Powered Microwave Advanced Missile Project, aka CHAMP, C H A M P. Also, the United States Air Force has what they call the Tactical High Power Operational Responder, aka THOR, and it was created to knock out swarms of drones. Now, both Boeing and the United States Air Force both state that they do not use these weapons on humans and that no such weapons exist. However, it pretty much contradicts what we found, okay? So, tell us about uh, this next declassified report, Dan. Just throw that in there. That's what the Thor military weapon looks like. Oh, so you found a picture of it. Oh, yeah. It's just a storage container with a big satellite on top of it. Pretty much, yes. Wow, I wonder how much that cost. Millions. Probably billions. All right, moving on to our next strange fact and finding, which is about a declassified report. On February 1st of 2022, a declassified United States intelligence report was released that talked about the Havana Syndrome. This report stated that the pulsed electromagnetic energy was a plausible cause and said that concealable devices exist that could produce the observed symptoms. However, shortly after that report was released, A lot, and I mean a lot, of media outlets came out and started reporting that the declassified report was wrong and that a U.S. intelligence community assessment stated that there are scientific debates still occurring about whether or not there could be a weapon that produces such health effects. When we looked into this intelligence community assessment, we found out that it was led by the CIA and involved seven United States intelligence agencies in which they conducted a review of intelligence reporting and scientific and medical literature about foreign weapons and research programs. The review of that information is what led those agencies to say that there is no credible evidence that a foreign adversary has a weapon that is causing these health effects. It's confusing because there was a classified report that was declassified, and it was a United States intelligence report that said, hey, there could be concealable devices that exist that could produce the observed symptoms. Whenever that went public, the media was like, no, 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 no. Look, the intelligence community, they made an assessment, okay? And they state there's probably not a weapon that produces such health effects. It's like, what? Are you purposely keeping us confused? So it was the media saying that it's not. Who the hell are they? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. All right, so let's get on to our next strange fact and finding, which is about some older technology that could have resurfaced, which is called the U.S. Medusa. So back in 2004, a United States company made a prototype weapon for the Marine Corps, and they called it Medusa, which is short for Mob Excess Deterrent Using Silent Audio. This weapon was intended for crowd control and to keep people out of protected areas by using microwave auditory effects to cause discomfort or temporarily incapacitate. This prototype weapon was supposed to have a low probability of permanent injury or causing death. So this weapon did exist? It did exist. Then what the hell is the media talking about? This was was hidden. Oh. 
Okay, Dan going deep with this. Are we going to get in trouble for reporting this? No, because it was found on the internet. So, public information, kiss my ass. (laughs) All right. So, when reading the phase one summary report about this remote personnel incapacitation system, the applications of use for the Medusa system are mostly for a perimeter protection sensor in deterrent systems for industrial and national sites. Then this can be used in a system to assist communication with hearing impaired persons used by law enforcement and military personnel for crowd control and asset protection. Then it goes on to say this system will be, and we quote, be portable, require low power, have a controllable radius of coverage, be able to switch from crowd to individual coverage, cause a temporarily incapacitating effect, have a low probability of fatality or permanent injury, cause no property damage, and have a low probability of affecting friendly personnel. So Dan was kind enough to provide us a link to that summary from the United States Navy. We'll post it up on our website for anyone that wants to take a look at it. And uh, yeah, there you go. The Medusa. They use this all the time. They have to. In riots. They do it. I'm 100% sure. Anyway, so there you go. That is our last strange fact and finding. Now we're going to move into the juicy stuff. We're going to go into the theories as to what is causing this Havana syndrome. Okay. Now, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. So, Dan, why don't you tell us about our first theory? All right. Our first theory that we have is that chemicals were the cause of Havana syndrome. At the Canadian embassy in Havana, dozens of staff members and their families also became ill. Canadian researchers did some testing, and it led them to suggest that the Havana syndrome could be linked to chemicals used in pesticides, insecticides, and nerve gases. In 2016, Cuba had launched an aggressive campaign against mosquitoes to prevent the Zika virus from spreading, so they sprayed in and around the offices and residencies of diplomatic figures. Even though the U.S. academies looked into chemical pollutants, along with other possible causes including infectious diseases, they decided that the explanations didn't add up, so they tossed the idea. They're just like, eh, it doesn't work for us. So no. You know what this reminds me of? That uh, hotel? The Dominican Republic resort deaths that we talked about. Way back. Yeah, I don't even think we have that episode up anymore. But a long time ago, we did an episode over all these individuals in the Dominican Republic that were visiting, that were tourists, who just mysteriously died at this resort. And there was a theory that it was from pesticides that somehow these pesticides were getting in the hotel or resorts, like water. So say if you go into a a resort hotel room and they have the uh, refrigerator and they got the free water, there's rumors that some locals were going in there with the pesticide and pouring it into the water so that when the people drank it, they died from pesticides poisoning. Some of the locals there disliked the tourists. The water and the alcohol. Oh, yeah, the alcohol as well. Because, of course, you know, those resorts have those little mini bars in there. But I totally forgot about this Zika virus and uh, it being a prominent thing around this time frame. I think that's a good theory. It's a pretty good theory. Honestly, 
the Zika virus kind of skipped my mind. And cause I mean, it, it was like a big thing and then it kind of just died off. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this next theory, uh, which is called psychological, AKA mass hysteria. So sufferers of the Havana syndrome described an initial noise of screeching, chirping, clicking, and piercing, followed by a sensation of intense pressure or vibration. But it makes you wonder, could this Havana syndrome all be due to a person's psychological state? So in 2019, there was a study done by a psychologist named Robert Bartholomew who linked Havana syndrome to war trauma. He was quoted saying a signature feature of shell shock was concussion-like symptoms. Now, other experts were less convinced of this. However, they did point out that a high number of complaints and vast geographic reach make the link to trauma or mass hysteria or, you know, psychological issues less likely. I mean, this kind of lines up with the CIA agent saying it was like a concussion, but without the concussion. Yeah. But the people in war, right, who got the concussion-like symptoms, they were experiencing, like, grenades going off, and they were under extreme pressure. True. Like, when I think about that, I think about uh, All Quiet on the West Front, that movie on Netflix. Ugh, it's a, it's a good movie, but, man, you put yourself in their shoes in war. It's horrible. Indeed. Anyway, I'm not so much leaning on this psychological slash mass hysteria theory. I think it's more of the chemical one so far, but let's move forward and see what other theories we got. All right. Our next theory is the most famous of them all. Microwave attacks. The U.S. National Academies found that the most plausible explanation is that the U.S. was being attacked by directed pulsed radio frequency energy, meaning microwave attacks. The technology dates back to the U.S.-Soviet Cold War when high-powered beams were designed to disable electronics, even though the 2016-2017 electronics weren't disrupted at all. Yeah, that was a thing. None of the electronics in the room were disrupted. Now, if the incidents are related to microwave beams, there are plenty of suspects. The United States, Russia, China, and dozens of other countries have active, high-power microwave research programs, like we talked about before. So there could be one country or like an international cabal of villains sort of like operating in the shadows doing this, you know. Now, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break. It's our last one, so don't go nowhere. All right, welcome back. International cabal of villains sort of like operating in the shadows doing this, you know. Now, on the flip side, though, there's no evidence yet that secret microwave weapons or any other weapons are being used to target individuals, so they say. What do you mean no evidence? I mean, the people are having symptoms. I don't know. Continue, sorry. The National Academy's reports links high-power microwaves to impact on people through the Frey effect. The human head acts as a receiving antenna for microwaves in the low gigahertz frequency range. Pulses of microwaves in these frequencies can cause people to hear sounds, which is one of the symptoms reported by the affected U.S. personnel. Now, other symptoms Havana syndrome sufferers have reported, like we said, include headaches, nausea, hearing loss, lightheadedness, and cognitive issues. And like we stated earlier, electronic devices were not disrupted during the attacks, suggesting that the power levels needed 
for the fray effect are lower than would be required for an attack on electronics. Now, this would be consistent with a high-power microwave weapon located at some distance from the targets. Power decreases dramatically with distance through the inverse square law, which means one of these devices could produce a power level at the target that would be too low to affect the electronics, but that could induce the fray effect. The Russians and the Chinese certainly possess the capabilities of fielding high-power microwave sources like the ones that appear to have been used in Cuba and China. Hmm. So it's saying microwave weapons are a possibility. There are countries that possess this technology to create such weapons, but there's no evidence linking these countries to these attacks. There are weapons that can do this, but they're not meant for it per se. They're meant, like, say, disrupting electronics, but putting them far enough away, targeting them right, by the time it actually gets to the person, the power is low enough to where it won't affect the electronics, but it will still affect the human. Hmm. Okay. Just thinking about it, it'd seem uh, that it would be easy to locate the individual who has a weapon of sorts. Like how in Moscow, they were able to say, oh, 100 yards south or 100 yards west. Well, if it's 100 yards south or west, just capture that individual, then, you know, say, hey, who are you working for? Yeah. I'm working for the NWO. New, new, new world order. Hulk Hogan comes out and Kevin Nash. No. I'm just thinking there's a guy like sitting beside the Thor weapon. No one can find him, though. He's sitting out there right in plain sight. Yeah. Beside this big ass sword crate. No one's going to find me here. <laughs> All right. So this next theory, of course, we have to throw this in there, is that it's aliens. So when this all first started happening in 2016, the United States government couldn't figure out how the diplomats were being targeted or why they were getting sick. At one point, they believed it was actually aliens. I mean, there was no other explanation for it, you know, with Cuba denying and the Russians denying it. Something out there has a weapon that no one knows about, is what the United States government officials were thinking. And, of course, they did rule out aliens after an individual brought it up. Hey, you think it's aliens? And somebody's like, shut up, Bruce. It's not f***ing aliens. They're like, damn it. But this possibility did come up in discussion, but it was quickly ruled out, which makes you kind of question it, especially now with the freaking all over the news, the Pentagon's reporting there's a mothership in our solar system. It's like, what the hell is that all about? Oh, we know what it's about. Cover-ups. Cover-ups, exactly. But we'll discuss that in free talk. But, yeah, you think about it, like, oh, there's no aliens, but something like this happens, no one can explain it, then all of a sudden government officials are like, maybe it's an alien weapon. Bruce, don't you bring that up again. You shut up. You go back to your corner over there. Go back in your office, Bruce. Damn it, nobody listens to me. All right, so what do you think it is, Dan? If you had to put your finger on one of these theories as to what it is. I'm going to have to either go with chemical or microwave weapons. So you think it's maybe from the Zika virus? Like the pesticides from that to destroy the mosquitoes? Possibly, because it wasn't just like the CIA agents. Many people from Canada were sick as well. They all had like the same symptoms and everything. Not only Canada, but it spread all around the world. Oh, yeah. And I believe it's still happening. So I think it was a week or so ago, Kamala Harris was supposed to go somewhere internationally, but they delayed it because... They think that there was another Havana syndrome attack going on where she was heading to. See, this kind of 
rules out the pesticides for me then. I think there's some organization, whether it be a government or a terrorist group, that has access to this device and they're using it to terrorize individuals. If, if I had to throw any theory out there, I would say one of two things. Either this, that some country was upset that the United States and Cuba had the relationship back together. So they were like, you know what? We're going to terrorize the people at the embassy and the people who work for the embassy. So the United States officials and the government has to shut down the embassy and they all have to withdraw everyone because they don't know what's going on. And it ends their relationship with Cuba. I think it's either that or I think that it is the CIA doing it themselves. And I know what you're thinking, but the first couple people that had it done to them were undercover CIA agents. Yeah, you're right. But what happened after that? People worldwide started experiencing this Havana syndrome. Now, what better way to get the heat off of you and your organization if you want to test something out, testing it on your own people, and then playing as the first victim? You will never never be suspected as the organization doing it. So I would say that the CIA has developed this weapon and is using it on individuals. And they decided, hey, I'm going to use it on our own agents first so we can play the victim and nobody suspects us. And then we're going to go around the world and use it on everybody like in Uzbekistan, uh, Russia, Taiwan, Australia, Colombia, Georgia, as in the country, not the state. Poland, Austria, Germany, everywhere. All right, just to correct myself before someone blasts me, it wasn't just like a couple of weeks ago. It was in 2021, Kamala Harris's flight to Vietnam. Dang, your hometown. Yeah, she was flying to Hanoi, Vietnam, and they got reports of supposed Havana syndrome attacks going on there. Now, it doesn't really say how many people actually got ill from it, but... Yeah, supposedly it happened in uh, 2021 that her flight was delayed from that. Still, that wasn't that long ago. No. So it's still occurring. Well, if you or a loved one have experienced this Havana syndrome, please send us an email. We would love to hear from you. If you have developed a microwave death ray, send us a video of it in action. We'd love to see it. Wouldn't that make us means we're watching a murder happen? No, I mean, they could just be shooting it at something. I don't know. Not a person. Okay, don't shoot a person with it. Don't do anything bad you're not supposed to do, okay? And don't do it towards animals because PETA's going very crazy about it right now, too. Yeah, because the United States approved testing microwave weapons on animals. I mean, this was like a week ago they approved that. Think it's on ferrets and chimpanzees? Yeah. So that right there tells you that the United States has it. It's a strange world we live in. It is. With that being said, do you have anything else you want to add to today's episode, Dan? No, I'm good. I'm, other than I apologize for sounding sickly. Yep. He's going to be nursed back to health. He's going to suckle on my nipple and uh, be good in a couple days. Get all my nutritional value from it, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, that is the end of Havana Syndrome. If you want to learn more about individuals being shot with death rays or stalked, Make sure to check out our Patreon episode, which is about gang stalking, and don't automatically disregard it as schizophrenia or a mental illness. And if you don't know what gang stalking is, no, it's not where the blood or the crypts come after you. 
It's where individuals think they're getting stalked by government agencies or police officials or individuals. And we dug deep into that, and we actually found some occurrences of this happening to people and declassified reports and manuals that teach United States officials how to successfully gang stalk someone. So this is really occurring. It's a very interesting episode. Very good. I highly suggest everyone go check it out. 100%. And with you contributing to that and paying the $5, you not only get that episode, but all the uh, previous ones that we have published. And uh, that money goes to ramen noodles, so it feeds us. And makes a sick Dan better. If you want to heal Dan, if you want him to get healed, go sign up for our Patreon. If you don't, you're contributing to Dan's sickness, okay? Uh, how dare you? All right, so now uh, we're going to move to our on the scene. So our on the scene is where an individual goes and interviews. Now, it could be another individual or it could be you telling your own opinion about current conspiracy happenings. Now, anyone can do this. Yes, you, including you. All you got to do is get your phone out, click record, and uh, make sure the recording is less than two minutes long and make sure there is no music in the background. If you submit a recording, that is an on the scene and it has music, we cannot play it. So after you record that on the scene, make sure that you email it to Dan, D-A-N, at theoriesofthethirdkind.com or you can email it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. Make sure to put in the subject line on the scene and we will put it in line to play at the end of the show each week. All right, so for this week's on the scene, we have April and we're going to play that right now. Howdy and welcome to On The Scene. I am your host, April, and today I am with Gage. Hi, Gage. Hi. Gage, would you mind telling us how old you are? I'm 10. You're 10. So are you familiar with the podcast Theories of the Third Kind? Yes. What do you know about that podcast? That they talked about Bigfoot and like rumors and like how people died. Do you enjoy listening to it? Yeah. What do you like about it? That, like, teaches me stuff that documentaries, like, that they don't tell those little details and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's actually what they do. They give you the information that the government and other people are not willing to share because they don't want you to know. So, as, be, on that topic, you told me about something that you witnessed in one of your games. Can you tell me what that was? Because that topic, they've covered it in Theories of the Third Kind. So I know all about it as far as what it is in the adult perspective. But from your perspective, what is it that you learned about recently? The back rooms. Okay, that's really scary because the back rooms kind of scared me when I learned about it. So what do you know about it? That like these three girls in Japan, they were in a circle and they wrote F74 on their wrist. They went to sleep and they all woke up in this, um, like, office and it's all yellow. It's like spongy carpets. There's no water or, like, food and there's one, there's a light with, like, no bat, like, with one battery. And then that's pretty much all I know. And do you believe that they exist? Um, somewhat. Somewhat? Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you talking to me about what you learned. So thank you for talking to us, and I hope you have a great day. You too. Nice. Thank you, April and Gage, for your on the scene this week. I love it. Yes, thank you for that. 
Have you heard of that F-74 uh, trend that's going on in Japan? I have not, but I just duck duck goat it and seemed to be a big thing, especially on TikTok as well. Yeah, so apparently in Japan, this is going viral. Seems like teenagers and children are riding F, as in Foxtrot, 7-4 on their wrists or hands. It stands for Floor 74. Yeah, and apparently when they go to sleep, this F-7-4 takes them to a parallel dimension. And when you wake up, you are located in a hallway filled with red-numbered doors. Players have to go through there, and they have to find an unmarked door, and they must never look back at whatever is chasing them to escape with their lives. And supposedly that's just the beginning. Yeah, and uh, states that there are obstacles along the way, and during it you're going to feel like you're being followed. And supposedly, if you look back, a mysterious figure will take you into a room with no doors or windows. And the only way to escape that room is to bang loudly enough on the walls and hope someone finds you. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. I think I'm going to try it out tonight. I'm going to do it tonight. Maybe I'll be healthier in the back rooms. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll disappear and then, you know, there goes Aaron. He's somewhere in F-74. I'll be there with you. Nice. Want to hold hands while we do this? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm going to beat the shit out of whatever's down there and then come back up. You're just going to have like a bad nightmare and you're actually beating the shit out of me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you, April and Gage, again for your on the scene. April, great job in raising your child. Yes. Having them uh, keep an open mind and not always trust the propaganda that's fed to them by the machine. Regardless of, you know, what's being told to them, always think for themselves and come to their own conclusions on things based on what the facts are, you know. Don't just go along with what we come up with because we're just saying it. Form your own conclusions. And if that's the same conclusions that we have, then that's great. That's awesome. But if it's different, hey, it's awesome too. But with that being said, thank you, April, for your on the scene. And thank you, Gage. I hope you all have a great weekend. Yes, thank you both. All right, so now we're going to move to shout-outs. Shout-outs. Dan, do you want to start off the shout-outs this week? Yeah, so I just got two normal shout-outs from Discord. One's to Spaceman Johnson, and the other one is to Petey. Haven't said his name in a while. Miss our little FedEx delivery guy. Nice. What up, Petey? Petey Pablo. All right. So my first birthday shout-out goes to Taylor. This is from your husband, Jake. Taylor's birthday is on February 24th, so it was a little while back, almost a month ago. But hey, better late than never. We apologize for missing your... Uh, Birthday shout out. You said you sent it to support at threesofthethirdkind.com. Must have went to spam. I apologize, but hey, here it is. Happy birthday, Taylor. I hope it's a good one. And Jake said, hey, guess what? You can go buy whatever you want. Take my credit card. Boom. Happy birthday, Taylor. The next birthday shout out goes to Ashley Rose. Her birthday is on March 7th, and she requested to sing her happy birthday and tell her you love her and that she is your favorite listener. Happy birthday, Ashley Rose. You're my favorite Happy birthday to you. Yo, yeah. Happy birthday, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Macho man comes right out. We love you and we're proud of you. Happy birthday, Ashley. All right. So our next birthday shout out is to Dom from Hertfordshire. Pretty sure I pronounced that completely wrong. But I don't get mad with me, dear Bruce. Which is not British. Don't get mad with me, dear English people from England. And uh, his 38th birthday was on March 3rd. So happy birthday, Dom. I love you. I'm proud of you. And he wants a birthday in our best British accent, which you already got it from me. So Dan, give him your happy birthday in a British accent. 
We already know I can't do a British accent. Just give it a go, please. Please. I can't even think of one. I can't. Happy birthday, Dad Dom. It's improving, but it's not that great. Okay. I feel like it just sounded like off uh, a cup of South tea. Park. Canadian, the Canadian guys off of South Park, Philip and uh, <laughs> Terrence. A cup of tea. Hello there, Gabna. There you go. Hello there, Dom. Happy birthday. We'll go with that. Happy birthday, Dom. I'm sorry. My British accent sucks. Our next birthday shout out is a triple whammy. God dang. Okay. So Hope's birthday was on March 7th. And then her husband's birthday is on March 14th. And then their anniversary was on March 9th. Well, hey, happy birthday to both of you. And happy anniversary. I hope it's a good one. I love you and I'm proud of you. Now, there's a bonus for it. What's the bonus? They want your best bad marital advice. This is a tough one. The best bad marital advice that you can give them. All right. Bad marital advice. Brad, make sure you beat Hope every night. Make sure you beat her. She doesn't stay in the kitchen. You beat her. No, I'm just kidding. That's bad. Ooh, that's... That's, that's not even marital advice. That's bad advice. That's bad life advice. I do not condone violence upon women or violence, period. Okay? But uh, bad marital advice, man, I don't know. Um, I haven't been great at many things in my life, you know? So I have a lot of bad advice I could give you. And I don't, I don't want to give them any bad advice. I just want to give them good advice. That's what I'm going to give them. Communication, man. Communication, regardless if it's in a marriage, but in relationships in general, whether it be a marriage, a friendship, uh, you know, whatever it is, communication is key. Don't keep things bottled up and hold resentment towards your loved ones. Always communicate with them. That's my advice. I can't, I can't give you bad advice. I'm sorry, but happy anniversary and happy birthday. Happy birthday to you both. And my advice, leave the toilet seat up. Hell yeah. Leave that <laughs> thing up. Piss all over the place. My aim is bad. All right. So our next birthday shout out is to Fabian. He turned 17 on February 17th. This birthday shout out is from his brother, Ernesto. He said, I am always the favorite of the family and you suck. So. Happy birthday, Fabian. Happy birthday, Fabian. I feel you. Except I'm the favorite. All right. Next birthday shout out goes to Irving. His birthday is on March 10th, and it's his 21st birthday from his brother, Ivan. So happy birthday, Irving. Happy birthday, Irving. Hope it's a good one. All right. So the next shout out comes from Kelly Batista. She sent an email that said, I am having my 10-year wedding anniversary with my husband, David, is coming up on March 24th. Was hoping you guys could shout us out. He made me better, as I am. We're proud of our two children, Dorothy and Oliver, and hope to hear from you on your podcast. We love it. Best regards. Well, hey, Kelly, David, congratulations on birthing two crotch goblins, Dorothy and Oliver. I'm sure they are excellent children. And congratulations on your 10-year anniversary. I hope it's good. I hope it's going strong. And remember, communication is key. Okay? Love you. Proud of you. Yeah, happy anniversary to y'all. Keep it going strong. Like Aaron said, communication is key. Our next birthday shout-out goes to Zach, a.k.a. Live Logic. This is a birthday shout-out from his girlfriend Shay, a.k.a. Jellybean. She says, hope it's as amazing as he is and he has a kick-ass stream. Hey, you keep streaming, and happy birthday, 
and never give up on your goals and your dreams, okay? Regardless if you have 1, 10, 20, 100 people in the stream watching you, you keep going. You don't stop. If you truly enjoy it, keep doing it, baby. Happy birthday. I love you. Boom, there it is. Happy birthday, Zach. All right, so the next birthday shout-out goes to Brandy. Their birthday is on March 17th, and they're turning 25. They're wanting to know if they could sing your best happy birthday song for me, and that would be the ultimate birthday gift, Dan. Take it away. Happy birthday, Brandy. Happy birthday, Brandy. All right, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Jessie from her sister, Leslie. Her birthday is on March 14th, and they want a happy birthday in the Grinchiest voice, if possible. So like the Grinch, I guess. Happy birthday, bitch. I guess that works. <laughs> happy birthday. I love you, and I'm proud of you. Happy birthday, Jesse. All right, so our next birthday shout-out goes to Easton. He's turning 15 on March 10th, which has already passed. So happy 15th birthday, Easton. He wants Dan to sing him happy birthday. Happy birthday, Easton. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Houston. Nice. Uh, the last birthday shout-out I have here on the list is to Daniela. Her birthday is on March 18th, and it's a birthday shout-out from her fiancé, Ivan. Happy birthday to you, Daniela. And Ivan says you can buy whatever you want on your birthday, even a Bentley. Dang, happy birthday. I love you, and I'm proud of you. Boom. All right, so I got uh, two more birthday shout-outs. This next one is to Lassie Stool Gods. They are a longtime listener from Finland, and their 30th birthday is on March 21st. So happy birthday, Lassie Stool Gods. Happy birthday, Lassie. What a cool name, huh? That is such a badass sounding name. Stool Gods. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I'm going to pronounce it the way that I think sounds the best. Either way, sounds better. Stool Gods birthday. All right, anyway. So the last birthday shout-out we got this week is to Allie Hughes. Their birthday was on March 3rd, and they forgot to message us about it. Uh, but they're turning 30, and uh, it was really fun. And they just want us to tell them that, hey, we love you, and we're proud of you, Allie. And uh, happy late 30th birthday. I hope it was great, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Happy 30th birthday, Allie. Turning that old 30-30. 30-30, you nasty. Nasty. All right, uh, so that is the end of birthday shout-outs. We're getting to a point to where we are almost having too many requests, and we have discussed making birthday shout-outs Patreon-exclusive as a perk because we get swarmed with emails, and I don't want uh, like 20 to 30 minutes of the episode to be nothing but birthday shout-outs. Yeah. So that is under discussions. I know if you're not a Patreon listener, you're like, you mother... Look, okay? We're trying our best here. We're working our butts off, sweating in this unair conditioned room. Freaking a billion degrees in here. We're doing videos. We're staying up. I stayed up till 8 o'clock this morning, okay? I got zero... I actually got like two hours of sleep. Editing film footage in DaVinci Resolve. It kept crashing. Our computer caught fire. We had to go purchase a new computer. Because our other computer caught fire and the other one couldn't run the video editing program. <sighs> I just remember Aaron coming down. There I am, dying in my bed. Knocks on the door. Hey, 
we gotta get a new computer. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, what happened? And he didn't hear me, but I grabbed the computer, caught on fire, and I ran downstairs with it and threw it in the kiddie pool outside. Neighbors were like, ah, why'd you do that? And I'm like, do you want a house that's burned down next to you that's probably going to make your house catch on fire? Or do, would you rather have me just buy you a new kiddie pool tomorrow? Yeah, that, that's probably what they were wondering. Is like, why are you throwing it in our kiddie pool? We don't have one. Yeah, we don't have, we don't have any kids here. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, we got that going on. A lot of cool stuff coming up. It's been a long time in the making, but trust me, it's going to be worth it. It's so good. Do you have anything else you want to talk about or anything like that? No, I mean, other than, uh, again, I apologize for sounding sickly. I'm getting better. Yesterday was the worst, so improving. On the up and up. On the up and up. CIA trying to take us out. They realized, hey, after three or four attempts on Aaron, you know, first we'd push him down the stairs, which legitimately that happened. I fell down the stairs twice. First time, damn near broke my neck. Then I contracted uh, the thing that shall not be named three or four times, okay? Almost took me out, but it didn't. I'm still here. See, I didn't want to think this. But two days ago, I was sitting downstairs with Caleb's mom and your son. We were watching TV, and I heard a weird noise. And I'm just like, what the hell is that? I asked them, I was like, did y'all hear that? They're looking around like, no, we didn't hear anything. I was starting to feel bad that night. The next day is when I, my symptoms got worse. The throwing up and everything. I was dizzy. I had a headache. Oh, shit. They're getting us with the freaking microwave weapons. we got to install barriers around the house. Hey, uh, if you go sign up for $5 a month on our Patreon, it will help support our barriers that we're going to build around our house, okay? Yeah, see, I didn't want to think it was this, but I was searching this up, and then that happened. I'm just like, no. <laughs> All right, well, with that being said, I want to thank you for joining us today, and hopefully we are still here next week. But uh, again, thank you for your support. You're all amazing, every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone.